All right, here I am to record part two in this conversation. Um, here's hoping that, um, you know, the perseverance of my bladder is in a through line in this podcast project. Um, <laughs> incidentally, I do take medication for my overactive bladder, and it has transformed my life. But that's not what I'm here to talk about. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just wrap on about this uh, without Leif, and if I need him to do more heavy lifting, <laughs> I'll get him in later. But okay, so two books were given to me by two different friends. Um, the first one was called Culture Care, and it's by a prominent New York artist by the name of Makoto Fujimura. And um, a friend of mine, Dave, uh, gave that to me and recommended it. And it's, it's, a, it's a good book, um, but it, it wasn't resonating with me emotionally. But he had a lot of great things to say, and he and I'm still like kind of in the middle of it, and it's kind of starting to hit now. But so like something he he says in relation to culture wars is culture is not a territory to be won or lost, but a resource we are called to steward with care. Culture is a garden to be cultivated. Obviously, that resonates with me. Um, I've grown a lot of market gardens. I'm a grower. Um, so yeah, like basically care for culture in the way we, we want to care for the environment or creation, um, the way we care for our souls. Um, it's, it's just vital and we're all part of it. We're all tasked with stewarding culture. Um, that's basically the idea of the whole book. I mean, you could almost just boil it down to a, a, a short article. <laughs> and, you know, he writes uh, somewhat academically and, you know, so I had put it down for uh, uh, a little while. And then at the perfect time, uh, Emily St. John Mandel's book, Station Eleven, came into my life. And now that one was recommended by Leif Anger, who we talked with yesterday. And the book is marvelous. Um, and, and first, I'm just going to just talk about it came in at the perfect time. I didn't have any podcasts to listen to. And I had to stain this entire deck that's atop my grow room. I was hoping to be sitting atop it right now, but it's raining outside. Um, but anyway, this deck is on top of my grow room that's being built right now. It's a large, large room. It's like 14 feet deep, 17 feet wide. And we're just waiting on windows right now. And the, incidentally, the carpenters just arrived, so there's going to might be some racket. <laughs> but, I mean, this deck is beautiful, and I, I had to be very careful due to some technical reasons. So I had to go slowly. So like all these boards were just very, very carefully stained. And then outside um, the grow room downstairs, I've got a planting area and a, a nice deck and there'll be a table for me to work outside. Um, and I got all that done too. So, it, but it was two days of tedious work. And I listened to this book over those two days. And it just, um, it just makes these ideas of culture care just really come alive. And, you know, so that that book, Station Eleven, is essentially it's about um, a pandemic, a flu pandemic um, causes civilization to collapse. And it's just it's it's horrific. And, and it's kind of crazy to read this now. <laughs> she wrote it in 2014. Um, but, yeah, something like 99 percent of humanity dies. And there's just little groups of people living in small settlements like you know people will live inside like these old fast food restaurants or in the airport 
um, things are just falling apart. And, and then in the midst of all this dystopia, there's a traveling symphony and um, theater group as well. So they, they alternate between symphonic performances and Shakespearean productions. And they, and they, they walk from, from settlement to settlement, um, bringing culture with them. It's marvelous. Um, yeah, so like, like, like their caravan has uh, this old Star Trek Voyager quote, survival is insufficient painted on the side of this um, old car or truck that's being pulled by horses. I mean, in, in that kind of environment, survival is insufficient. Um, and it's the same for us. So anyway, so they, like, they're moving from, from settlement to settlement and they're, they're facing danger together. And, and people, when they see them perform, I mean, some people weep. I mean, it just means so much to them. So they're very much bringing joy. Um, yeah, so I just I just thought it was marvelous, and I, I heartily recommend this book, Station Eleven. You you really should read it if you can handle it. <laughs> um, it feels like on the sort of towards the back end of the pandemic, it, it just seems like I, I was able to handle it, and it's it's quite good. Um, and they embody okay, so these these artists embody what uh, Makoto Fujimura refers to as border stalkers. So. Artists who are communicating across rigid tribal boundaries and categories. Um, people who refuse to be put in this in these boxes. So in so in this world, obviously, you know, people just were afraid to leave their settlements for 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 good reason. Um, they were safe in these small areas. But it's sort of like in, in today's world, we're just we're um, we're separated by these weird tribal boundaries and and we and we just are not able to see the beauty in the others anymore um so that's that's part of like what i see as as my work is just like kind of traveling from settlement to settlement <laughs> maybe not quite like that but um yeah i don't know i don't really know how to say that but it's kind of I, I go into it in my book quite a bit um i feel kind of like a bridge between different worlds and Often a bridge can be a kind of lonely place. So, so that reminds me, today's podcast is brought to you by friendship. Friendship, remember? I don't know if, if you've, you know, at, since the pandemic, if maybe you've let some friends kind of fade away. It's time to write them a letter or have them over for a bonfire or something. Just initiate. I just, like, they just add so much. So, like, I think even in just this little episode of the podcast and in my life I had Dave Dave and Leif Ang Dave and Leif are, are very different people Leif, you know Leif Anger is the guy I talked to yesterday and Dave gave me uh, the one book Culture Care and Leif uh, referred me probably a year ago to Station Eleven and I finally got it on, on the Libby app um, through the library for free the audiobook and um, somehow these two combined together to really just hit me hard and it was great. And that's just what, um, that's what friends can do. <laughs> so, um, and it's sort of, so yeah, so today I dipped back into culture care and it resonated more. So the few pages I read today were about two badly misunderstood artists in their time, Vincent Van Gogh and Emily Dickinson, who they didn't fit into their into, into the rigid categories of their day. And, um, you know, another thing, this sort of so like we all should be about integration 
versus the disintegration that is just uh, plaguing the world right now. It just seems like so many things are disintegrating, whether it's the supply chain or politics, social groups. You know, you live here. <laughs> so like, like we can all be integrating forces and we can all do our part to care for culture, just like this traveling symphony. It's just it's just so vital. Um, and I even think about this this weird podcast I'm doing. And obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to speak extemporaneously right now, and I'm terrible at it. Um, and, you know, and like I'm going to keep repeating, you know, anything worth doing is worth doing poorly at first. Um, and I, you know, I somewhat um, obsessively looked at, you know, how many listens on Spotify, I had five listens so far, right? <laughs> I, I hope I've, I can I can tune that out. But it's just so, I don't know, somehow it's intoxicating to think that, you know, somebody might actually listen and that doesn't sound like much but like when you think about the r naught of covid um you know the i'm sure you've heard of it r naught the um amount of people that somebody with covid on average is spreading the disease to it's about half that so i mean that i mean that tells you that like we're all in the chain like like and that can be uh positive there can be an r naught for beautiful things for conveying beauty even if it's even if it's just like you like to take pictures of sunsets or what else? There's a guy, uh, George Duluth on Instagram. In, in the past couple summers, he's, he's traveled down into Tornado Alley and taken these amazing pictures of tornadoes. That's kind of an awful beauty. Um, and I, even just his description of it, like one of them was a drill bit tornado. It's so, it's so descriptive. Anyway, um, and that also... It makes me think, okay, so back uh, back in 2015, I think, yeah, 2015, there was this project in our community called One River Many Stories. And it was basically about gathering all the storytellers, um, writers, storytellers, whatever, I mean, anything you can imagine, um, to gather around the, the topic of the St. Louis River, which is a, a large river, it's a... a that, that dumps into Lake Superior, right? So because of, of its proximity to Lake Superior, just historically, people are more focused on this beautiful lake um, uh, along our shores, and they sort of have neglected the river. I mean, literally, like until like 1976, I think, the city's raw sewage just poured into the river. <laughs> but it's very beautiful. And anyway, I went to this, um, one of these events, and there were all these, there were several of these luminaries. There was like an NPR host, um, a very prominent outdoors writer, Sam Cook, uh, and, and just other people, more bona fide people than me. I'm, I mean, I'm an amateur of amateurs, especially back then. I hadn't, I had just published my book, but you know, not well known, that's for sure. And uh, you know, and and like anybody else, you know, I I, I wrestled with imposter syndrome. What am I doing here? Uh, you know, I felt a little bit intimidated by the guy leading it. Uh, one, one of the people leading it was uh, named John Hatcher, kind of a tall, handsome fella in a blue suit. He uh, teaches journalism at uh, the University of Minnesota Duluth. And I don't know, I was just kind of intimidated by the whole thing. And I was wondering, well, what am I going to do? And there was, uh, and, I, and I really wasn't looking forward to the next event. I, I imagined arriving slightly late to it was going to be at this large brewery in town um bent paddle brewery and i imagined arriving late like a you know a kid to the lunchroom like 
who can I sit with, you know, like the cool kids and, you know, and I'm just the dork walking into the lunchroom looking desperately looking for a place to sit. And as luck would have it, um, the river that very day, um, I think it was the end of March or very early April. I don't know that very day that the ice was out or it was like the night before. So my friend who had kayaks um, offered to go paddle with me around Whiteside Island in the St. Louis River estuary and you know so I could write my story and that was going to be my contribution to this whole thing and it was marvelous to actually like instead of being at the the meeting and, and feeling you know lesser than I guess um, I was actually on top of the water bobbing around in a little plastic boat <laughs> and 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 it was this incredible adventure and it wasn't just the, you know, we went out to the island and there was this very wealthy family that had a, a home on this 300 some acre island. And we went, we looked at the ruins and, you know, I took pictures and I shared their whole story. But that's beside the point. And but before that, I, I even like I went to this elderly woman by the name of Claire Schumacher, went to her little trailer up in Proctor, um, which is just outside of Duluth on the hill, kind of overlooking the island, actually. And um, I bought I bought her book called The Whiteside Island Story, and I, I had this great conversation with her, and then went out on the went went out on the island and like finished um, paddling in the dark. Uh, it, it was just a it was an amazing adventure that kind of culminated in me wetting my pants, <laughs> you know, sort of keeping that theme alive, I guess. And uh, anyway, this, um, this 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 story that I wrote for the blog was very well received, and and later on, they this they a playwright in town, um, Tom Isbell, wrote this play called One River. It won like national awards, and he actually used the themes in my in my blog as sort of a structure to hold the play together because like this project was just kind of chaos it's just random people doing random things like everything from drawing to painting to i mean anything you know writing it was just it was just you know just chaotic and um yeah so like basically he pre he gave structure to this thing by um quoting me you know th you know throughout it a, a, several times and I'm just going to read the end of it. Um, so the end of the play basically ends with this quote from the very end of my blog post. Um, it says, I poured a lot of myself into understanding and into actually entering this one little portion of the story. Without a sense of place, there is no story. Without a story, there is no sense of place. Wherever you live, I urge you to enter into that story. Delight in sharing it with others. Become part of it. Help to shape it as even now the story is being passed along to the next generation. It's always in motion. Rather than fight the current, perhaps use it to help shape the contours of a narrative continually in the process of being written, even at this very moment. Um, yeah, and I didn't even understand the purpose of this storytelling endeavor until I got out there and I really got waded into it. Um, and it's like that in whatever corner of the world you find yourself in. Um, I mean, it's very, it's surprising to me just how easy it is to enter into the story and just delight in its beauty and just share it with others. It's, it's infectious. Um, anyway, as luck would have it, um, well, I thought it was luck. I, I ended up 
I was working as a painter at the time to bring, you know, income in, kind of a reluctant painter, and I was actually painting at the dump, these three big old garages that hold reuse materials. And John Hatcher pulled in, and he didn't look any better than me. He's just driving this beat-up truck, and he's got his dirty clothes on. And he's just a normal dude. <laughs> and he's actually married to a farmer friend of mine now. Or maybe maybe they're going to be married. I don't know. But they have a farm down in Barnum, and they're, they're great people, just salt of the earth. Um, so I don't know why I shared all that. But basically, culture care, Station Eleven. Peas and carrots, they go together like peas and carrots. Um, survival is insufficient. Um, yeah, so that was sort of my thought on that. Hope you have a nice weekend. Uh, I hope to be here kind of, not hope, I'm going to. I'm going to just record short little things. This is kind of long, um, like once a week. And some of them will just be two, three, four minutes long. I don't intend to go this rambly. I'll just gradually, get, you got to find your voice in any medium and it's just gonna take me a little bit so I hope you'll come along for the ride I'd love to get questions I can't imagine I'll get any questions right now but you can head off to my website at eddiegilmore.com that's eddie with a y and gilmore like happy gilmore dot com and just click the contact me button and I'd love to answer questions um, in, in a future podcast and I guess that's it have yourself a Jim Dandy of a day.